0: This show is for you.
1: We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most
0: important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Nothing in the world could make human life happier than to greatly increase the number of strong families. That is a quote from David R. Mace, a pioneer in the field of marriage and family enrichment, uh, which was shared in a series Um, done by the University of Nebraska on why families are so important. Chris and Melissa Smith here. Welcome back to the Family Brand Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about that very thing of why are strong families so important to society? And how do you go about creating a strong family?
2: Yeah, we've been in the middle of redoing our online course. We have an online course and we feel that it's, it's ready for an upgrade. And so with that, we've been doing a lot of research about, you know, things we maybe want to add to it, subtract from it. And we came across this really cool study that we've been talking a lot about. And it's a study from University of Nebraska. And it talks about strong families and what makes strong families.
0: Yeah. It, the, the study is incredible. Like <laughs> I thought I had read about every study I could get my hands on. And I had not come across this one and I can't believe it because it's by far, from what I can tell, the most exhaustive study ever conducted on the subject of of strong families. And that, that in and of itself is interesting. The reason they decided to conduct this study is they said that most studies that are done around the concept of family or families is looking at why families break down and why families fall apart and what goes wrong with families. But there wasn't a whole lot of research and studies of the opposite of but what What are the components of a strong family and what makes up a quote-unquote successful or strong family? So, this study was done over 35 years, uh, over 24,000 family members, over 100 researchers. They interviewed families from all 50 states and over 34 countries. And first of all, to back up, you know, their definition, quote-unquote, of a successful family is a strong family. And then so, when you look at, well, what do we mean by strong family? We're going to uh, share with you the six characteristics that were revealed from this amazing research. Melissa and I, the definition that we've given strong families with Family Brand is a strong family is a resilient, connected, and happy family. So, they're resilient. They can, you know, they're not afraid to, to face difficult things and overcome them. They're also not afraid to go after their dreams and take risks. They're connected. They support each other. They feel everyone feels like they belong and they're happy. Like... They love each other and they spend time together and they enjoy being a family.
2: And I thought it was so interesting in this research, like Chris said, it, it was taken from 34 different countries. But it said regardless of where these families were from, they all shared these same like six values that they came back to. They maybe looked a little bit different, but it was the same the same things no matter where, where you were from in the
0: world. And what, and what we loved in particular about this research was independent of this research Melissa and I've been working on the new program for family brand we've been working on you know updating the website with new copy and on the homepage of the website the opening line is we build and strengthen fam- we help build and strengthen families and and we've talked a lot about this idea of creating strong families and again I love the the opening quote in this particular series we'll link to this by John DeFrain who's also with the University of Nebraska but he says, nothing in the world could make human life happier than to greatly increase the number of strong families. I also thought he, that, w- that what he shared was really interesting. Later in, the, uh, in this particular article, he said, families are the basic foundational social units in all, hum- in all human communities around the world, and healthy individuals within healthy families are at the core of a healthy society. And I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that if we wanted a strong and healthy world... That's made up of strong and healthy countries. Strong and healthy countries are made up of strong and healthy states. Strong and healthy states are made up of strong and healthy communities. Strong and healthy communities are comprised of strong and healthy families. And so if we truly want to make a difference in our communities, in our countries, in the world, it's closely linked to having strong families. And we feel like families need more help now than ever.
2: Yeah, it's like a hard, you know, we all know the world we're living in. So we love having... I love having a voice in the world. This it struck me last week. This idea, like I love having a voice in the world, whether it's on podcast or on their website, whatever that speaks to to the strength in families and the strength in people, um, and the difference that we can make as like mothers and fathers. And I just love it. So let's jump into it.
0: Yeah. So when they asked again um, around the globe what makes your family strong, the answers were remarkably similar. Um, from culture to culture. And the first one was appreciation and affection. So, the idea that people in strong families deeply care for one another, they let each other know this on a regular basis, and they're not afraid to express their love. So, families show appreciation and affection by caring for each other, friendship, respect for individuality, playfulness, and humor. And this is interesting because Melissa and I talked about this. We have values in this category, but it was also an opportunity for us to recognize that that maybe we have an opportunity as a family to ask each of our children, which we we're, we're planning to do in a weekly check-in, how do you experience affection because in a family of seven, not everyone's going to experience affection the same way like some people the way they want to be shown affection is with you know encouraging words, some people want to be shown affection with gifts, some some people want to be shown affection with quality time with touch like so just looking at this this value of appreciation and affection and then seeing like how how are we currently doing that as a family and how do we want to show appreciation and affection? Like where could we upgrade that?
2: Yeah. And those those ideas that Chris just shared, those are from the book, The Five Love Languages. So we'll link that in the show notes.
0: The second characteristic of strong families was commitment. So members of strong families show a strong commitment to one another, investing time and energy in family activities and not letting their work or other priorities take too much time away from family interaction. To me, uh, I was talking with a gentleman one time, when we first launched family brand, we did this thing called the connection series on Facebook. And I interviewed um, a gentleman by the name of Richard Lidner, who's really successful entrepreneur and just an amazing guy. And he said, oftentimes I think our families get our families don't get what's our families don't get the best of us. They get what's left of us. And I always thought about that. And then when I read this study that commitment to our family um, to one another, I thought about that. Like, do our families get, what's best of us so they get what's left of us after our other commitments and so how yeah how do we show strong commitment to a family and how do we prioritize um our family and the reality is i think i'm learning more and more that if you're going to have a strong commitment to your family and kind of a family first mindset it's going to require some sacrifices because the things that you do the things that i always want to do aren't necessarily what my family wants to do or what's always in the best interest of my family
2: I think you should share. I imagine that you're thinking about one specific thing right now.
0: Um, horses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I love to team rope and rodeo. Uh, some of you may, may not know that. And uh, I've always had horses and I just, as my, as my children started to get older and, and just realizing that like, it's not something that Melissa was interested in. It wasn't something that my kids were that interested in. They liked it, but it wasn't something that really called them. And granted also part of a family is, we can all grant each other space to do the things that we're individually interested in. But I realized that maybe what commitment to my family would look like is maybe putting that on pause or on hold for a time or maybe forever. um, And just like being committed to the things my kids are interested in. And so signing up for the activities or participating in the sports or activities that they participate in or finding things that we can do together, you know, as a family. So that was just one example. But I think it's, it's, it's really easy in the world we live in today. We're, we're not just being pulled in lots of directions. I think we're being pulled individually in lots of directions. Like each member of the family, I think feels that. So like one child is being pulled in their interests and their obligations. Another child's being pulled towards their interests and their obligations and mom and dad. And I think it's pretty rare that an entire an entire family all has the same interests and same obligations. So you're going to get pulled in different directions at times. And again, it's, yeah, everyone can have their own individual interests, but like this commitment to the family and the commitment to each other is what the study was really talking about.
2: And we've had people ask us many times, like, well, what do you do when you have, like you're saying, everyone is doing their own, wants to do kind of their own thing. But I love, I love how you said it. It's like, everyone, I think needs to have their own identity and can have their own identity, but making sure that there's still things that you come together on and you're committed to doing together and creating them together. The next thing is positive communication. And this includes giving compliments, sharing feelings, uh, being able to compromise, playfulness, agreeing to disagree. And it says, it's not even just, you know, those very purposeful conversations when you have to exchange information, but it says, it's even important that you just have rambling conversations when you're not like necessarily exchanging information, but just exploring ideas and talking together.
0: Yeah. I think the one thing that came up around positive communication and also another, the next quality that we'll talk about our characteristic um, time together is both quality and quantity. So this idea of positive communication, it's not just that we, we have open, honest, you know, conversations, but we, we just, we have conversations frequently. And I love, I think I've shared this in the um, episode we did on listening and, and communication by George Bernard Shaw, I believe. He says, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And so, for me, when I read this, it was like, yeah, I mean, one of our values in our family, part, one of our um, parts of our family's brand is we can talk about anything without judgment. And it was just going back and looking and, and, that and wondering like, how are we doing with that as a family? Are we really like, does every member of our family really feel safe to come and share anything with any member of the family, like, and know that they won't be judged for it? And and then also, like, what opportunities are we providing our children and each other to really open up and share? Because like Melissa said, there's also just the, the fun, everyone get in the car, just rambling, just random, like, just come as you know, come as they come as they go, like, conversations that are just fun. And then are we creating more intentional opportunities for like real communication to happen. And Melissa and I have talked about this quite a bit. Like I don't, I don't think it's uncommon that in most families, the tendency sometimes is we just don't talk about things that are hard. We don't talk about things that are maybe challenging. We just kind of brush them to the side and pretend like they don't exist. And I think that's a real danger.
2: The next strength, that's what they actually call them strengths. So the next strength um, is enjoyable time together. And I love how in the study, they introduced this topic. Um, they said a study of 1500 school children. the the children were asked, what do you think makes a happy family? And I just love kids. They're so (laughs) they're just, I don't know. They just say it like it is. It says none. Very few of the children replied that it was money, cars, fancy homes, televisions, trips to Disney world. Like those things didn't make a happy family. They're most likely to say that a happy family is one that does things together and enjoys time together.
0: Yeah, and they talked about like quality time and great quantity, sharing memories with each other, enjoying each other's company, simple, inexpensive good times, sharing fun times. And it's just interesting again that idea of being pulled in so many directions. It's like you know, for a while there with with COVID and the pandemic, the world slowed down in a sense. Now, it's in some areas of the world, things are picking back up. It's like. Really, like, truly, how much time do we spend together, quantity and quality? And I think it's just a really good measurement. And and I love the quote I think by Anthony P. Witham where he says, "Children spill love, spell love, time." And in fact, we have a free resource on our um our website. Well, I, I don't know if it's there yet. It'll be coming. It'll but- be on the new website. <laughs> how to take back your family's time, Melissa? Maybe can share more about this. But she reached out to several families and asked them like the number one. You know, what do you feel is the number one challenge facing families today? And I think wasn't it like in one form or another, they all basically said it's time.
2: Yeah, I mean, not that succinctly, but yeah, it was like how we're we're pulled in every direction, and there's so many priorities, or that you're placing, like that different people are placing on you, and it's just hard to know, like where where is my time best spent?
0: Yeah, and it reminds me too. We've talked about this. I think um, the good, better, best. You know, and we talk about this in the how to take back your family's time, but there's there's good time, there's better time than there's best time. And we share this example of this, um, this dad who took his son on a really awesome, extravagant 18-year-old trip where they did all kinds of outdoor, like, adventures and, like, I don't know. Um,
2: all what, the things. Whitewater
0: rafting and all those types of things. And at the end of the trip, um, or I think maybe even at the end of the summer, the dad asked his son, what was your favorite part of our trip? And uh, the son said, "Remember that? Remember that night we just laid out on the on the lawn under the stars and we talked." And the dad was kind of surprised. He was like, "Yeah." And the son was like, "That was my favorite part of the trip," and just blew the dad away. But just to me, it's 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 everything. Like the fifteen hundred school children, right? It's like what makes happy family? Oh, when we do things together, just time, just being together. And there's so many little things you can do, like date nights with your kids or weekly check ins. Or but anyways, I, I just think that one's. Yeah, really profound. Uh, the the, uh, the next strength that it talked about was spiritual well-being. And it said that um, religion or spirituality can be important to strong families. Uh, and, and it didn't necessarily mean that it had to be organized religion. You know, for some families, an, an organized religion or belonging to a congregation helped strengthen their sense of spirituality. And for other families, spirituality had more to do with oneness with humankind and spirituality. Like, being one with nature, and um, so it didn't necessarily state that it looked any one certain way, but just that spiritual well-being was really like one of the core things that came through in strong families, and that can look like hope, faith, compassion, shared ethical values, and some 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 people described it that way, or even just an optimism in life, or the love they feel for one another, or their you know, or man or humankind in general.
2: This has been this has been on my mind lately. Just about how I think I feel like for myself. Sometimes I focus so much on with my kids. Just you know, you gotta make sure they have their. Some of my kids are home. Some of our kids are homeschooling. Gotta make sure they have their schoolwork done. They're eating their meals, like all those things. Like sometimes I forget. Like oh, there's a whole spiritual person like inside of them, like who they are, like and that needs fed, like just as much as as their physical. Their physical body does and so i think that's so important to remember and there's many different ways you can you can feed that spiritual person inside of inside of each one of us but i think it is really important
0: yeah i think even even just children learning to trust their intuition children learning to have an opinion of like what really calls to them and what's important to them um is really part of their spirituality the, you know another thing is like we we in our family, both most and I individually and collectively as a family, we've seen the benefits of meditation and pondering and like just time to be still and tune into like spirituality, if you will. And again, what's so cool about spirituality is it can come from an organized religion, it can come from scripture, it can come from nature, it can come from meditation. But whatever that is for your family, I think I think it's also it didn't necessarily talk about this in the study, but for me, I think. One of the things that can be really powerful is for each family to define what spirituality means to them. It, it can look so... And obviously, I think that's the opportunity with each of these strengths, right? From appreciation and affection to commitment, positive communication, time together, spirituality. It's really the opportunity for all of us to decide as a family how we define those strengths and how we're going to live them out as a family.
2: The next strength is successful management of stress and crisis. So it says, you know, strong families know that there will be stress and crisis, but they know how to manage it and they know, they know how to communicate effectively to like navigate through the crisis.
0: I thought it was interesting too, how the study said that not only can they navigate their way through crisis and oftentimes come out stronger and adapt, and they have the ability to communicate in ways sometimes that prevents crisis before it happens and to I think the word we were using to describe this Melissa, was resilience, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just that like, can we be resilient? Can we adapt? And can we see crises as as challenges and opportunities? Can we grow through crises together? You know, are we open to change? Um, and just that, yeah, that idea of resiliency and, and bouncing back stronger that we can do hard things. And, and, and also, we can do hard things together, I think is really important. This idea that we should... To me, one of the thoughts I had around this was we struggled together. Like no one in our family struggles alone or no one in our family struggles in silence or suffers in silence. That that's something that we... And when I think about these six strengths, again, from appreciation and affection, commitment to each other, positive communication, enjoyable time together, spiritual well-being, and then successful management of stress and crisis or resilience. I think living all of those things is what creates a culture of belonging to tie back into kind of what we've been talking about on a couple of previous episodes, the study that shows that the number one desire we all have as humanity is to feel like we belong. I think that's one of the real measures of a strong family would be, does every member of that family feel like they belong to a strong family and that they're part of it and they're seen and valued for who they are.
2: Yeah, I love that.
0: I also love when we were looking at these strengths, I think it's so that my takeaway from this would be that maybe there's an opportunity for you to kind of look at your family through the lens of these six strengths. And again, this is like the most exhaustive r- study we've ever seen of all the different, you know, combining over 60 studies, over 35 years and 24,000 family members. And
2: Yeah, sometimes we see studies where it's like, we studied 200 families and we're like, well, that's like not really that much. We
0: studied 200 <laughs> families for six months and they were all this certain ethnicity and this income range, right? But to- Yeah to do this over 34 countries like clearly there's something to this and i've been so impressed with the university of nebraska just on their other resources around family and you know early childhood development but i think it's a real opportunity to look at these six strengths like maybe six lenses and just look at your family through the through those lenses and just ask like how are we doing and where are there opportunities to upgrade in each of these and maybe we maybe we want to take one of these in particular and really focus on it one of the things I didn't talk about with Melissa, but I was I was uh, reading last night, was I was also looking at these through my own the lens of my own personal life. So I was able to take each one of these and like, okay, how 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 do I personally show appreciation and affection for my family? How do I want to be shown appreciation and affection? And then I was kind of measuring like, okay, how am I doing right now? In my personal commitment to my family? How am I doing on the positive communication with my family? How am I doing it? creating enjoyable time and spending enjoyable time with my family? What am I doing to nurture my spiritual well-being? Because the more filled up I am spiritually, the more I show up probably in a powerful way for my family. And then what am I doing to model and and be an example of successfully managing my stress? Because the, the most powerful thing I could teach my children about resiliency and managing their stress is how I manage my own. <laughs> so, do they see me really getting flustered and frustrated all the time and complaining and losing my temper or do they see me Going through tough and challenging things, and so I also think it's really cool to look at it as a lens, and that's what I think is so powerful about each of these six strengths. Is I think you could look at them collectively as a family, but it leaves a lot of room for every member of the family to kind of look at their own life through it.
2: Okay, I chose one for us to work on this week, but I want to see if you would choose the same one.
0: Oh man, <laughs> I hate it when she puts me on the spot to see if we're on the same page.
2: <laughs> it's a test.
0: I'm going to either say. Appreciation and affection or positive communication?
2: I just positive communication. Yes. <laughs> we can
0: Winner. keep doing the podcast. Yes.
2: <laughs> because we were just talking about this yesterday. It's easy right now for our family to place blame.
0: And when we say place blame, we talk about going from zero to 100 fast. It's well, like- you... Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no like buildup to get there. It's just like, everything's calm, everything's fine. And then something happens and like this heavy amount of blame in the form of, I would even say shame. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a family council on that yesterday. And, and that like, can I offer one thing on that? Melissa? Yeah. I don't think these, these six strengths, I don't think it's an opportunity to look through each of these as a lens to like beat yourself up. Totally. And focus on how terrible you're doing or how terrible your children are, or how terrible you are. Like, I think it's an opportunity just to look at like how can we be even more of what we want in this each of these six and maybe there's one that we could really use as a focus as a family and individually.
2: Yes, you're you're so right. It would be easy to look at it and be like, oh like we could we're not doing any of these, but we each are doing. Like every family is doing fantastic. Like you really are. And there's always room to upgrade. And so I love that just choose one thing. It's not like Anything other than, hey, we're going to choose one one area this week to focus on and just do a little better this week.
0: Okay. So, under positive communication, it actually gives some ideas in this study. It can be giving compliments, sharing feelings, avoiding blame. So, if I was going to pick two that we could work on this week, Melissa, is I think every night this week at dinner, we should open it up at dinner for everyone to give compliments to someone in the family. And then we just have a focus on like avoiding blame. Like for those are the two ways that we really reinforce positive communication.
2: I love it. So we just broke it down how how we were we're gonna do it this week, um, what we're gonna focus on. So like, okay, one other. Okay, pick more. one
0: individually. Wait, there's
2: more. I think I would do positive communication for myself as well. In what way? I think I could show more. It doesn't necessarily say gratitude under there, but I think like showing appreciation for the kids and showing more gratitude to them for for what they do as members of our family and who they are
0: that would that one might even fall under the appreciation and affection then
2: oh true i think you're right yeah appreciation so i guess i'm changing
0: i think mine's going to be spiritual spirituality not not string from my meditate like my morning routine i find that days where i kick that off when i kick off my morning routine with like a spiritual practice my days go much better and personally work family
2: Okay. There you have it. <laughs> we just did that live with you, however, what we're doing, what we're doing this week. But
0: that's what I love about these six. Like I, the more i studied this and the more I've just come to like really kind of realize like, wow, these six strengths I think could really be adopted as our family as our family's like six core values. And then under each of them, we have a focus for the month, for the year, for the, so we'll, we'll continue to experiment with this and um, share with you. But again, I think my biggest takeaway of of this is just confirming a lot of what Melissa and I have already believed, but it's amazing to see it in research, which is look like strong societies are made up of strong families and strong families are made up of strong individuals. Like that's another thing that I, I don't want to lose sight of is that strong individuals make up strong families. And we have this real opportunity to show up for each other in families to strengthen each other and pour into each other and support each other and appreciate each other and spend time with each other and just have fun together. And like, yeah, I just, I love this, this mission, this idea of like, let's build and strengthen families.
2: I love it. And it's a super great article. It's actually only like two pages. So we're going to link it, check
0: it out and have a great week. Hey there, thanks for listening to today's episode.
1: To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes.
0: And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together.
1: Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode.
0: We will see you in the next episode.